man growing up with a cane pole in his hand. Pocket full of tramps sitting down by the street that leads him to the corpus play. Give him a shotgun to please his mind. Give them quail a few reasons to fly. Living in the city just ain't for me. I wanna go back to the country. Take me to Texas. I wanna go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I wanna see how far this country goes. Take me to Texas. I wanna go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I wanna see how far this country goes. Fill up your coffee cup, put the dog on the porch, and turn up your radio. This is the Outdoor Zone with TJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. There's a place up ahead and I'm going, just as fast as my feet can fly. Come away, come away, if you're going, leave the sinking ship behind. Come on, the rising wind. All right. Sounds like it's time to do a show. Come on now. Welcome. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch, but we call it home live every Sunday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. on the Outdoor Zone Radio Network or live recorded podcast on your favorite podcast platform. My name is TJ Graney, outdoor journalist and... uh, Founder of Kids Outdoor Zone in the bunkhouse is Cody Ryan, professional angler and uh, traveler. We Farmer. don't have to give a resume. I don't. I'm just a. I'm just a wandering gypsy with a fishing pole <laughs> and a pistol. That's all. <laughs> oh, that's really pretty good. And we got beefsteak in a house. Oh yeah. Beefsteak is a member of the Texas Outdoor Riders Association and mm-hmm. a Check. faithful member of CCA Texas. Mm-hmm. You See, know what? He didn't. He never there is nothing me. wrong, TJ, with beefsteak. I heard you complaining about I the hat that I didn't he's wearing. Complain. Just it wasn't not a KOZ Kids Outdoor Zone hat. I never said that. You meant it. No, it I never it's said passive that. aggressive. Yeah. He that's what so it was. You, bo- that you both are if it's not logoed with kids outdoor zone, then you are so now, of course, sinning. Cody wow. C R Gypsy, you and I are both wearing a KOZ hat. So I'm just saying. Well, I get a uh, tie and I'm a traveling gypsy with no money and you, you know get them for mean? free this is what you do you wear free swag <laughs> <laughs> if i got a free hat you know i'd be wearing it too tie wire is the ranch hand that gets here early make sure the uh, gate gets open and the old pot belly stove gets fired up put a screw in the whole screen door and some foil on top of the used foil from milk chocolates <laughs> on top of the uh, yep. coat hanger out front the shack, the old tin shack. So, um, yeah, we're you honored to be that, here. That little wrapper 
beefsteak, and yeah. I didn't know what it was. Oh, you thought it was a uh, something I got <laughs> I out of a vending. child protection device. <laughs> what you mean, a gun? Is that no, what you're saying? No, I'm personal not going protection. There. I'm, I'm not. Okay. Going there, it's well, Sunday morning, gentlemen. We're recording this live on Sunday morning, so let's uh, let's keep this uh, Jesus. between the lines. Amen. Hey, Jesus. I wanted to bring up to you two an observation that I made this week. Oh Lord, Are you ready? Okay. All right, I'm so you go know fill my coffee cup. Du- 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 <laughs> you know, I have a California night that's temporary living under the roof. It's not temporary when he's been there six months. He's kind of like That's Cody like as a roommate. gypsy. He's you a know, roommate. Don't status. pay rent. And uh, but wait, what? <clears throat> you have a Democrat in your house? <laughs> a libtard, dude. Way over past Democrat. It's okay. Yeah. So I, he, here's my observation. We like him. His family. Yeah. Cody would like He's him. Family. Um, yeah. So my observation is. That I'm I'm dumbfounded by the way that people um, do things these days. There are people just making an observation that won't won't go get their own groceries. They shop on them while they're sitting watching a movie, drop them in a cart, and then have someone deliver it. What kind of a world are we getting to? It, that's I think it's crossing a personal boundary there where you're just saying, I'm giving up. Plus, anytime you get hungry, I go in the kitchen and I make something. Not if you're from California. You go DoorDash. What do I want today? And that person will just bring drive through the drive through so you don't have to do it and uh, or put belittle yourself to that level and then bring it to your door. See... There's something fundamental that I think we're starting to miss, just like going out into the outdoors. So let me let me let me uh, figure this whole thing. I had basically what happened. I had basically what happened with him yesterday. Beefsteak, so. beefsteak uh, had a family reunion a month ago. <laughs> One of the Democrats didn't ever leave. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't know about this. Oh yeah, sleeping on the couch and never left. No, he's got a room, yeah. dude. He's got a room. A room with a separate well, air conditioner. Why would he leave? He can't leave. He can't put, that needs to become like the room for the dog or something and just get get him out of there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I Ordering groceries, my wife does that, but she didn't have to deliver to the house because we live out in the farm. But that way she drives to town and she just pulls up and they put them in her car. But fundamentally, do you see what we're missing if we do that, and we don't well, bring nothing our? If you got well, a three it depends on if you got yeah, interim and aisle four broken spaghetti sauce and aisle nine. That's part of life, though. I mean, how long? How many times did I grow up tagging along with my mom somewhere? You know, out in the grocery shift. Those are life lessons that you learn, and an opportunity to know that this is what real people do. They take their time. And and they they go out and do Real something for their own. Don't stay at Uncle Beefsteak's house after the family reunion and never leave. <laughs> and and a guy who drives he drives a brand new Mercedes. Yep. He's he's what? shopping. He's shopping for a Ferrari. No Maserati. A Maserati. 
and sleeping in the your guy, extra room. The guy makes yeah. money. I, he makes more money in a month than I make in a year. I have I'm no so comment confused. there. But with hunting I'm season, so confused. Is he paying rent? Uh, what What would you consider rent? How do you, for him Cash five thousand dollars a month? <laughs> yeah, that room. That room, you know, inflation's up eight and a half percent, nine percent. Right, and he's so. got his own just air to break even. In there. Man, yeah. How many? Park how many in the rooms? driveway? Does he park I, in the driveway? Uh, not anymore. I filled it up. If if uh, <laughs> if he's staying there, you and your wife take one room. He's got another room. There's yeah. nobody else living there, right? So not anymore. That's fifty fifty. Spartacus. Fifty fifty. He pays half your mortgage. That's your rent. Wow. That's his rent. Yeah. Man, I got to rethink this whole thing. My and half <laughs> well, the bills. And then, half and the electric, we into, half the water. Then we went into the conversation about how uh, outdoors people and and I'm guilty of not preparing or expecting things to get easier. And you could start with a crossbow during archery season. You could talk. You could. You could. I mean, what we had a whole we went down a whole trail about how um, people don't fully engage their outdoor activities the way that they used to. Oh, we were talking about, cause we had listened to the meat eater podcast and how they go out and they scout their areas and they mm-hmm. glass and they spend weeks getting ready for deer season. And sometimes I'm just way too lazy to do that. You know, I'm just scrambling to fill feeders I'm just saying, is, you know, at some point you cross over on that line. If you're not careful, <clears throat> you could be the guy that goes and shoots a trophy deer because someone else has glassed it. Someone else has put it together, and they're like, "Here, here's the rifle. Okay, pull the trigger." Then that outfitter goes and you know you take pictures or something, but they gut it, they do everything, and you go back to the lodge. I don't want to be that guy. I I don't well, think you know. We should I don't encourage have a problem with being that guy if it's big enough deer. You know what I mean? <laughs> and somebody else has got the tab on that outfit. Yeah, as long lodge. as they're paying for it. Well, it, and but you know, one of our buddies, Alan McGraw, who is uh, you know, hunts all around the world, but he he man, he'll go someplace and he'll uh he'll put in the time. You know, he'll he'll spend three days hiking the mountain, ten days uh with his bow trying to get just one arrow headed in the direction of a you know a grizzly bear or whatever he's part you know, of the there adventure is. for him is the location though like he goes to like pakistan and chases goats around the mountains he wants <laughs> the big five the but big he, five but, of goats know, oh he's got all the five. Oh yeah like <laughs> nine of the five he's got the big 50 you know <laughs> probably yeah. so 50 that's probably what around he's going the world. for but I mean, even that, if you don't watch, I mean, I have no idea if people out there in our audience like the meat eater, you know, show on Netflix or the podcast, like you talked about, but I think, I think those guys are great. You watch them and they bring you back to that level where you go, I know I gotta, I gotta be doing this. You know, like you said, they glass, they, they scout. I watched. Um, well, we don't. We don't. We just don't seem like we give the time to the to the experience. You know, like we'll we'll run out to Colorado and we'll camp for th- two days or three days, and then we'll haul butt back. And 
I was listening to a podcast the other day and the guy, I think Cody, you and I were talking about this, that the guy was saying that it's, that it takes 10 days for you to really, if you go on a vacation, it's a, it should be a 10 day deal where first couple of days you're detaching, then you're the couple of days you're there. And then a couple of days to re, you know, come back. And, um, anyway, to do the outdoors in a healthy fashion, um, to experience it at the level that you're talking about, you, you, you gotta be time to walk out there. You gotta have time to, to make it, uh, a thing. And yeah, life is different and as an, as outdoor guys, we should be experiencing it and sharing it in a different way. Somehow, I was disappointed. I, mean, I was disappointed in my absence that you two guys did not go out for dove season. I want to talk about that on the flip side. Oh, well, hey, this segment was brought to you by McBride's guns, McBride's guns, uh, man, they're family owned and operated local full service firearm dealership. Go over there for everything that is firearms, uh, for the outdoor zone team. Uh, if you need a new rifle or a shotgun, Cody got a used shotgun over there. He's had for years. Uh, they have a gunsmith on staff. They've helped beef and I get some stuff done. They have youth model firearms. They've been in the same place for years, corner 30th and Lamar. Lamar, you can call them at 472-3532 or online, mcbridesguns.com. Just go to mcbridesguns.com. You get all the information on our hometown gun shop. You know, another talk. No, he's got Sun Auto. You want to tell him about where you got your wife's Durango fix? (laughs) Well, another place to talk about McBride's being top-notch. Well, another place I got is Sun Automotive. You know, everybody at some point needs to have their vehicle repaired, and it can be hard to find a mechanic you can trust. We use our friends at Sun Auto Service. Sun Auto Service is a family-owned and operated auto repair and maintenance company since 1978. Each and every person at Sun Automotive works hard to demonstrate that they take pride in what they do, and we want to be the place you bring your vehicle anytime it needs scheduled maintenance or repairs. Want to go? I can go to my favorite location 405 west slaughter lane or you could go to 1300 medical parkway cedar park 1403 river boulevard in georgetown and lakeway at 1206 ranch road 620 follow them on facebook for great maintenance tips and specials just go to their website sunautoservice.com stick around it's the outdoor zone check us out 24 7 365 at the outdoor I'm Everstar Pro, Ron Sheffield, and I fish FLW. You're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Fish on. Up this morning before the sun, fixed me some coffee and a honey bun. Jumped in my pickup, gave her the gas. I'm going out to catch a five-pound bass. All right, welcome back to the Outdoor Zone. Welcome back, regulators. Hey, uh, make this summer... The summer you build your new Ram. Hey, no added charges, market adjustments, addendums, and pay nothing until it arrives during the Nile Maxwell Supercenter 
Make Your Truck event. We're making our huge inventory of new Rams even better with over 38 years of experience. We'll find you that perfect truck during today's Make Your Truck Day. Just because it's not in stock doesn't mean you have to settle for less. Our Ram truck team at now Maxwell Supercenter will sit down with you, build the exact Ram that best suits your needs, build it, buy it, and we'll deliver it right to your driveway. The savings and selection are here at the number one Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealer in Austin. Come save thousands at Nile Maxwell Supercenter, 62183 in Austin. See all the savings online at NileMaxwellSupercenter.com. So, Cody, you've been fishing, coming off of Tournament 5 National Professional Fishing League, and uh, you're yeah. hot. You're yeah, I'm hobbling around. I did catch a five-pound bass, though. I was at Lake Erie. Uh, we launched out of Sandusky Bay, Sandusky, Ohio, and fished Lake Erie. I, I guess I talked to you guys last week while I was practicing. You did? So why are the why are the uh, bass seem to be like brown? Well, there's a smallmouth bass and a largemouth <laughs> bass. Okay. Well, I understand I fished, large and small. I mean, but I, I, I fished a different tournament. Uh, I fished a completely different tournament than everybody else apparently and had, uh, <laughs> my worst finish in professional history and, uh, really proud to go ahead and get that behind me there you and, go. and, uh, move get, on down the road, get one out of the way. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. I did catch a five pounder like Robert Earl Keen, you know, <laughs> talks about, I had a five pounder that a largemouth bass that I had. Uh, swung into the boat, you know, I, I hooked him, set the hook, go to swing him in the boat. My rod breaks <laughs> mid swing while the fish is halfway in the air, falls back into the lake. The other end of my rod, uh, I go to grab the line and drop the other end of the line in, or the other end of the rod into the lake. I reach down, grab the, grab the line with my hand and it's braided fishing line. It cuts my finger. I'm bleeding everywhere. He's still on there. I grab him and drag him in. So, wow. You wanted that bass bad. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty wild. Well, when it's your, you've had a morning where you've missed several fish and you do not have a fish in the live well, and it's 11 o'clock, mm. you know, kind of halfway through the day almost. Uh, yeah, you want that five-pounder really bad in the boat that's at a, that point. That's a big five-pound five five bass. Well, uh, and that's the thing. In, in, in the north up there, there. Uh, in the <clears> north, <throat> a five-pound bass up there is probably relative to like an eight eight and a half or nine pound bass down here in texas or in florida mm. i guess not down here they're rare i've only made it to indianapolis i'm not home yet but <laughs> uh you know so yeah we're used to eight nine pound bass being you know a really big bass but up there with all of the cold weather and things freezing and all that, I guess the bass just, and, and the different strain, it's a different strain of bass altogether. Um, so I figured out where that fish was and went and found some other areas for day two, hoping to make a big comeback. 
some other areas that looked similar to where I caught that big fish, right? Because it was kind of a fluke deal. It was kind of a weird deal. So on day two, I start out in this area that I'd found on the map. Had never fished it, but it looked very similar and to where that big fish had come from. And I flip in this tree, braided line again. I set the hook. Pow! My braided line breaks. <laughs> I go to the <laughs> next happen? tree. I flip in the next tree. I get a bite in the very next tree. Set the hook. Pow! My line breaks. Braided line. Come to find out those trees were loaded with zebra mussels. And oh, zebra mussels and favorite. braided line do not do well together. So kind of an interesting, uh, interesting deal. I, I got some really good bites, you know, from potentially really big fish and, and it, there, I had no, no chance, you know what I mean? There was no chance to get through those zebra mussels. So, so are you thinking differently about zebra mussels now, Mr. Graney? <laughs> I, uh, you know, I never <laughs> really know had that- a problem with them, but you know, they, they you know Decker hurt my feelings. Been, Decker Lake here in the Central Texas area has been now um, Texas Parks and Wildlife put out a notice that Decker Lake now is uh, considered an infested lake. Yeah, fully which infested. Muscles. Which one isn't? I mean, yeah, that's well, my question. They're all they're just, infested. They're, I mean, it gets to a certain point where the microscopic eggs of the zebra mussels are now so thick that if you go and launch your boat in there and pull it out if you don't do a wash and certain amount of time to dry i mean there's this whole list of things they say please do this because otherwise you're just but if you just pull the drain plug and dry it out then but it has to go for several days and they have this whole system that you know like two hours no it's certain days no, but they don't know what they're talking about. Well, you weren't the only guy that struggled there. I mean, I was amazed at when you're fishing a, a giant, really it's over it's, 1 it's million like, acres. Wow. See, so yeah, it's almost like, um, almost like fishing offshore here for bass. Like you're going down on the Texas coast to fish for a bass or. Yeah. It's like fishing the ocean. Not offshore, but like the ocean. Yeah, you made offshore. a you made a comment right. to your wife who shared she shared it with me um, about. She said, "Cody said it's like throwing a six inch lure into four. the ocean, three to four inch, three to four inch lure into the ocean in the middle of the ocean, and hoping you drag it across in front of a fish, and the fish wants to bite it." And I mean, this, the concept of that over a million square acres that we're fishing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was difficult. I, um, I obviously don't know the smallmouth deal. I had a couple hooked up. I lost, uh, I think three during the tournament. I just don't know. I don't know anything about it. I heard, uh, I heard uh, one guy during the weigh-in when I was watching the weigh-in and he said he didn't have any fish at all. He was flying in to to get to the weigh-in, stopped at a rock pile somewhere on the way in and caught his five fish on a rock pile <laughs> in the last 
30 minutes of his day in the middle of the, I mean, he just knew where a rock pile was out there. And just like you, when you're zooming by somewhere and you go, oh, here's the spot. I'm going to check this real quick. Yep. Yep. And I can see it happening. You know, that that's what you're looking for out there, a rock pile, supposedly. But I don't know anything about it. I didn't. I didn't find the right rock piles. I can go out there and put you on the drum of your life, though. You can catch the <laughs> sheephead or drum of your life. If you're looking to to break the world record drum or sheephead, I am your guy. So, Well, we'll have to do a whole segment on <clears throat> sheephead fishing in Lake on... I caught over a hundred this week. Let's put it that way. Holy wow, moly! Yeah, I'm that good. Well, <laughs> I think you're probably going to need to go see your doctor when you get back. Yeah, I am. Angle. I got my foot. I'm going to have to call Telemed for sure. That you have the option. Yeah, I'm going to have to call the Telemed folks over there at Altrua Health Share. Uh, you know, they're a health share ministry. Uh, you can learn how you can save. I don't have any of my paperwork with me. Well, um, Altrua Health Share is a health thank you. care sharing ministry, which means that members commit to a statement of standards, which includes healthy lifestyle and choices. They contribute each month to a membership escrow. Eligible medical needs are then shared from the escrow account. Cody's family's done this for years. Um, he is a huge fan of Altrua Health Share. And uh, they're not insurance, it, but it does offer powerful alternative to traditional insurance and skyrocketing costs. Um, you can find out how much you can save by going to myshare.org, myshare.org, Altrua HealthShare, where we care for one another. Yeah, and I'll tell you, they got telemed service, so I'm going to have to call that telemed about my I never thought about that, but foot. you should yeah. do that. I've done it before. All right. Coming up next, we'll talk uh, Game Warden Field Notes. We'll talk uh, Armed Citizens. But we've got all your favorite segments. Just stick around. It's the Outdoor Zone Live at the Bunkhouse 24 7, 365. Check us out at theoutdoorzone.com. Hey, American Blood Brothers. This is Ted Nugent on the Outdoor Zone, live from the Bunkhouse with my Blood Brother, TJ. Whack them and stack them, would you? Yep. All right, welcome back. It's uh, the Outdoor Zone. We are live at the bunkhouse. Come on. Hey, if you're looking for that perfect truck or SUV and you can't find it, let the professionals at Nile Maxwell GMC have one built for you. Just because it's not in stock doesn't mean you have to settle for less. Because our team at Nile Maxwell GMC will sit down with you and build the exact vehicle that best suits your needs. Here's how simple it is. Walk in, sit down with one of our professional-grade GMC experts, build the exact truck you want, and then you'll receive a pre-order discount. Go see our friends at Nile Maxwell. Nile Maxwell GMC. Exit 256 in Round Rock. You can check them out online, nilemaxwellgmc.com. See dealer for details because we are professional grade. All right, now it's time for this week's news of the weird. 
News. News of the weird. News of the weird. Huh? See, that's weird. Wild, right. weird, strange, and crazy things can happen in the outdoors. That we weren't. We seek them out and bring them to you each and every week. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's Outdoor News of the Weird. All right, regulators, thank you for being tuned in to the Outdoor Zone. Hey, uh, News of the Weird. And so I didn't think this was a thing. I, I, I saw this article um, and I, I didn't know that this was something that was still happening. And then I thought, well, it surely it does happen. And it, it's an article. It says uh, New Yorker gets a surprise package with living creatures inside the lizards and iguanas um, were taken by a nonprofit, which said the animals are often delivered to the wrong address. So this guy in New York, this couple in New York gets a package delivered. They open it up and there's lizards and iguanas inside. So it's DoorDash <clears throat> for uh, for live animals. Well, first of all, and <laughs> uh, and so then there there then it goes. The article goes into this nonprofit that takes them, and um, and the nonprofit's like totally. What do you open up the box and these lizards and? snakes everything runs out and start slithering and running around you can order all kinds of live creatures and they get shipped and i'm and so first of all you can do it as a prank from are they invasive you know are they uh are they coming from another country uh and and then the second thing is uh if that if that box has box has somebody else's name on it, but your address, it's obviously not your box. And it has little holes poked in the top of it. <laughs> and it's meowing. Do not. Oh, they it. don't. I'm sure the box doesn't say live creature on it or anything like that. Sure it's, it does. And I bet it has to like fragile live lizards. Huh. I just see the I just see the gecko lizard in there, little library, some chairs, little refrigerator in the corner. I'm thinking uh, this could be a nonprofit where you ship feral cats to people to the wrong address randomly and get rid of them. Wait, they're doing it randomly? No, well, no, they no. say it goes so to the wrong address. It's that I have it's no idea whole, what's going on. It's the whole <laughs> where the nonprofit um, comes in. I have no clue. The they, nonprofit is who people call when they have these exotic pets delivered or exotic pets are found. This is the rescue for the exotic pets, lizards and you know, geckos and It must happen a lot like if there's a whole nonprofit to take care of it. Dude, right. there's a nonprofit exclu- for everything. They exclusively deal with wrongly delivered exotic lizards, and they it, have nonprofit status. It's a it's a segment of what they do because apparently it happens a lot. Of course, it happens in New York mostly, but that explains half of it right there. Wouldn't that anyway, be a good I, prank, though? Oh, send a box full of lizards to somebody you don't like. They open them up in their house. And they just run out. Now their house is infested in lizards. Well, is that, is that not a prank waiting to happen or what? Um, 
you know, I think it'd be kind of cool, actually. Um, Growing up, my my uh, neighbors had um, uh, their son was into snakes in the and he had them all in the basement and all these aquariums. And to save money, I guess they had turned their shed in the back into a rat and mouse house. And they would go and breed them and they would grow up in there and they would stock it and they would use them to feed the uh, the snakes every week. We used to have some guys that did that. Do you remember that, Cody? When we had the the we had the company and the uh, we were had the construction company out of that that uh, mobile office. It was like half warehouse, half office, and there were some guys around the corner. And he had this huge rat breeding operation. He had frozen embryos and little baby ones, and he had this whole plethora of. It was set up. It was raising rats. Yeah, and, uh, vaguely. Vaguely. Yeah, it was. It was weird. It smelled funny too. Yeah, anyway, I just thought it was smelled gross. Yeah, it was. Yeah, bad. it did smell gross. I and uh, anyway, I just thought it was interesting that they would still have. And I get it. You know, think about it for a minute, and I guess it's not a surprise that people are still shipping. I mean. You could ship anything, I guess. Ship a tarantula, ship a lizard, ship. I mean, they could do a couple of days in a box, right? <laughs> they, that's how they got here. To the, yeah, to they, the United they got States. on a boat full of bananas. <laughs> or tires or something. That's how fire and, ants got here. Started, dang it. Says Animal Nation, a volunteer-run nonprofit organization, announced that it took the reptiles in a po- in a post. The group called for an end to the sale and mail of living creatures. This happens all too often, and Animal Nation handles the calls from the post offices and unexpected reception of these animals, which puts a burden on our organization and compassionate donors. The group wrote, "Please stop the sale and mail." of live animals well wait a minute here it puts a burden on our organization <laughs> and compassionate Isn't donors what they're supposed to be doing yeah i don't know that's when you start complaining about doing your job right <sighs> i don't know we got to do more investigation on that i will tell you though i was at lake Erie. And uh, it wasn't until, so all of practice, okay, we're coming up at a break. I got to tell you this story about these creatures I saw swimming around at Lake Erie. And all of practice, all of the tournament, we all saw them, but we never talked about it for some <laughs> weird reason until like 9.30 last night. We're driving, um, you know, we're all driving our own directions, going home, and I called one of my buddies i was staying with i was like why have we not talked about this are you seeing this or did i only see this so we'll talk about that on the flip side plus your game more field notes you get that all and more it's the outdoor zone we're live at the bunkhouse 24 7 365 at the Foxworthy, and you're listening to two of my favorite rednecks, TJ and Cody on the Outdoor Zone. 
All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just an old pin shack on the back of the ranch, but we hang out with you, the regulators, every Sunday morning, 7 to 9, live on the Outdoor Zone Radio Network or 24 365 on your favorite podcast platform. <clears throat> Something else we do is we bank at Keystone Bank. Experience the value of community banking where local matters. <clears throat> this is recorded live come join the bank of choice for austin community members families and entrepreneurs <clears throat> jiminy cricket take a drink we're, take we're a break take, an, <laughs> take another drink oh my <laughs> goodness <clears throat> that's probably the reason we're keystone bank founded by jeff wilkinson and his team operated right here in austin texas by locals like you that's why we're so invested in our community and its success when you bank with Keystone, you enjoy the local relationship-based service that sets us apart. Banking at your fingertips, anytime, anywhere. To learn more, to get started at Keystone account, to get a with a Keystone account, visit one of our locations in person at 11,500 B Caves Road in West Austin, 500 Pressler Street, downtown Austin, 900 Hutchins Avenue in beautiful Ballinger, Texas. I had somebody tell me the other day, they went by the Ballinger location. Well, by golly, by golly, or just go to keystone.bank, keystone.bank for all the information. Keystone bank. I love those guys over there. They are uh, guys and gals over there. They're so good. Um, Hey, uh, Cody, a couple of things about your fishing trip um, and weird stuff. First of all, um, that ocean type setting out there uh, was just crazy watching some of that stuff that you guys were having to do on there. But um, one of the things was you twisted your ankle out there. Was that out on the big Yeah, it, wasn't my, it wasn't my ankle. I've got something twisted or torn or pulled in my foot itself oh, it's in your in your foot yeah it's from like uh balancing trying to balance and it happened during practice and it's just progressively gotten worse and to yesterday and today were i mean it's excruciating to walk but is it gas pedal or is it brake <laughs> well there's only you're only supposed to use the same foot for both but yeah yes i am using two feet uh it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt so bad just sitting around, or it doesn't hurt. You know, just doesn't walking. really hurt other than putting weight on it of any sort, and it'll bring tears to your eyes. It's a, it hurts. So, yeah, and and I think it was strained. You know, I strained it or whatever by balancing, trying to balance in those waves. You know, you don't realize all the toe and you know the sides of your feet and the toes and all that stuff all work together to keep yourself balanced and when you're for nine hours you know using every bit of that um it's it it yeah it messed something a lot well good. i thought i thought it was interesting uh when you were telling us earlier that the manager got mad at you for uh, having those chairs stacked by the ice machine in the hall and your foot stuck in the ice machine. <laughs> oh gosh, that's a lie. No, I, uh, I thought it was crazy though. I was on Lake Erie and I kept seeing these, 
I'd get in these backwater areas and I would find you backwater area. (laughs) Yeah, it was dumb. I should have been out there in those rollers fishing for the other fish, but I, uh, I'd get in these backwater areas that had grass in them. And every now and then you'd see a, I guess a, what do they call them? A koi or a goldfish. They're goldfish is what they were because they weren't didn't have any white blotches or anything. They were like straight gold and they were about a foot long. So like 12 to 15 inch goldfish swim around and it was just random and they were giant goldfish. And I, uh, I thought it was so weird when I would, you know, see one or whatever. And it, and then I never talked about it with any of the guys I stay with. You know, I, I, this week I stayed with three other <laughs> anglers. Nobody ever mentioned it. Of course, we, you know, at night we we sit around, we eat, and we just talk about every fishing nuance that happened throughout the day. And not one person mentioned the goldfish swimming around. And uh, and I would laugh. Every, I'm like, oh, man, I got to remember to ask if these guys are seeing these too. Oh man, I got to remember to ask if these guys are, are seeing this too, because you could actually catch some bass on a red, red or orange crankbait. We found out, and I forgot to ask uh, if that's if one of the guys saw some goldfish and made them throw the red or orange crankbait, or what made them, you know, throw that color at that time. Was it the goldfish? But anyway. <laughs> And then last night I call, I called one of the guys I knew was driving still. We're both driving. It's like nine 30 at night after the tournament. We're, you know, we're exhausted. We're driving to as far as we can get. And I said, Hey, I've been meaning to ask all week. Have you seen any goldfish while you're fishing? He's like, yeah, yeah. I had goldfish (laughs) swimming over there and that. Yeah. So anyway, it was, uh, it was a weird deal. Something I, you did not, I did not expect to see or goldfish. Well, swimming. you know, you remember we bought, so the pond that we had at our last place, um, we had some bass in there. And so we bought some little feeder goldfish, just the little 10 cent ones at the, at the pet store. And, yeah. uh, we put them in the pond and, uh, and some of them grew to 10, 12 inches. I mean, yeah. they got huge and they were gorgeous. And so I, I would imagine that. It, yeah, it's the same thing, but they're everywhere, I guess, in Lake Erie, a million square acres. And there's goldfish swimming around. It's just huge weird. goldfish. Yeah, they got to be ginormous. Yeah, they're big, big old goldfish. It was a weird deal. Do they have, uh, I'm, I'm guessing they have gar and. I never saw a gar, uh, but you, but you, you guys, I heard a lot of people catching walleye and drum. Are they like drum. the drum that we catch yeah. here on the coast? Uh, no. Well, they're sort of like that, but yeah, they're just freshwater drum and huh. there's, they're nasty and they're slimy and do you eat them? Do they eat them? I do not eat them. You no, can have I know them. You don't, but. I don't think they're any good to eat. I mean, they may be. Somebody, let Surely me say, let me rephrase them. this. Somebody eats them, I assure you. <laughs> Somebody yeah. makes a drum cake out of them of some sort and swears <laughs> they're the best thing they've ever eaten. 
But no, just flaying, slapping the sides off of them and throw them in the fryer. No, you don't eat them. Hey, I I heard a guy. Whole, whole the whole hour's done. We gotta we gotta take a break. Old beefsteaks over there crying. Uh, so we gotta cut it short. But we'll talk about it on the flip side, right? It's the outdoor zone. We are live in the bunkhouse. We have a whole nother hour of your favorite outdoor zone right here, twenty four seven three sixty five at theoutdoorzone.com. dot com.